<laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the insert placeholder name podcast while we work on that. Now, you might be confused and saying, why are they saying that right now? And that's because if I uploaded this in the correct order, this should be episode one. Why? Because we were not satisfied with the quality of the original episode one. So Johnny and I decided let's go back and reshoot it because the first one is really crappy. And while we're not perfect at this, I feel we've come up very far in the last four or five episodes since we started. So this is the new official canon episode one in which Johnny and I discuss our lives growing up playing video games. Johnny, did you want to... Did you want to... No, let's kick it off with you. I always go first. All right. So we figured we might as well redo this, right? And we're going to just as a kind of a introductory they say that right introductory 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 sorry introductory episode uh of course we wanted to start a podcast right johnny mm-hmm. and because we're always talking about games every time we see each other we always talk about games and it lasts hours and hours and hours of course we talk about other stuff but games seems to be the thing best suited for this podcast and if maybe if we're really good at it we might branch off and do other topics so my life growing up playing video games of course born in 1990 my first memory, uh, what really got me, not I wouldn't say what really got me into games, but my first memory of video games as a media was pl- was watching my cousins in Mexico playing Duck Hunt slash Mario Brothers way back on the old NES. This was in, I want to say 1994 or 1993. Because when I tell my mom of the memory I have, she tells me like I was like three, between three and four years old. And I remember seeing my cousins, they were outside, they had a TV outside, a little CRT TV, and they had the little, do you remember the little gun controller, Johnny, for the NES? Yeah, I used to use it all the time with Jeremy. You pointed at the screen. Same <laughs> games. Uh, we were talking about this earlier, me and Andrew, although we are kind of in different generations, a lot of the games that we've played are the ones that you also play, right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's kind of cliche when people say, like, oh, what's the first game you ever owned or played? Like, oh, Mario Brothers, like the OG Mario Brothers. But I think that's really because Mario Brothers is kind of like what revived video games after, like, the crash in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Mario Brothers slash Duck Hunt, that, that specific bundle slash combo is iconic, just for a lack of other better words. It's really iconic. So I remember seeing the gun, them pointing the gun at the screen, that stupid dog coming up when you would miss and laughing at you. And the ducks just scattered everywhere. I, I I vividly remember that as a little kid. Not my earliest memory, but definitely my earliest video game memory. Of course, uh, moving forward a little bit, a couple years. Around, I want to say 1996 is where I remember Johnny, meeting you, Johnny, for the very first time when I was like six years old. Because my, my mom married into your family. And I remember meeting you, Jeremy, Jenny, Josie. And you guys, the very first thing I remember was you guys invited me to Jeremy's room. And you guys were playing the NES. And I remember it was the Snoopy game. The Are we tr- talking to Arzana or is this... Santa, Santa Monica. Monica. Santa okay. Monica. All right. And you guys were playing the Snoopy game where it's like a some kind of like Olympic rally racing kind of thing. Not racing, like a tracking field or something, right? It, was, it Snoop- was like Snoopy Olympics. Yeah, for the NES. I don't know why, but that was like, the <laughs> that's the memory I have. And I remember... I think that same day, you guys were playing the Simpsons Bart game. The Bart, the Bart game where like he puts on the X-ray glasses. Yeah, I remember this. We couldn't get past the first level. Was it that hard of a game? It was a tough game, dude. And Jeremy also had the Disney Adventures game, which was basically exploring Disneyland. 
and but each ride was its own like self-contained level mm-hmm. so there was like one where like there was like the thunder mountain with the train going downward yeah the best level in that game is probably the haunted mansion do you call it i remember that one and like the pirates of the caribbean one which was very similar where they're like kind of like side-scrolling 2d platformers mm-hmm. yeah right jumped around throwing candles i think candles were like a weapon yeah uh jumping on chandeliers uh-huh i have very vivid memories of that that's like my first real exposure to i think that might have been even the first time i held a controller honestly i think i think Wait, so after the duck hunt yeah because i didn't play the duck hunt i saw my cousins play the duck uh, hunt all right and i didn't get to play mario i saw them playing mario but uh I didn't get my first console or my first system until I was about seven, six or seven years old, 1997. And the reason I remember this was because that's when I got the Super Nintendo. I got the the package. It was it was Super Nintendo with Killer Instinct bundled in, and it came with the soundtrack. The Killer Instinct it came with the soundtrack with mm-hmm. it. Like I think it's like one of the first instances of like a video game soundtrack that you could actually get, with, like without you know using some kind of third party tools. And I just remember, I remember it was 1997 because I was in, I want to say, second or first grade. And that's right around that year when I was seven years old. And I remember getting Killer Instinct. That was my first game I ever owned with a black cartridge. It was a black cartridge. Okay. Most of Super Nintendo games were gray. But Killer Instinct, vividly, even though I was never, I'm still to this day not really into fighting games really. But Killer Instinct was my first and probably like one of the most special games for me. Like, I still remember, and every now and then you'll see, like, in memes, kind of, and people do, like, the ultra, ultra, yeah, ultra. Yeah, combo breaker. Yeah, combo yeah. breaker. Or just, like, the different, like, the announcement, like, the announces. Mm-hmm. Like, get ready, go, begin. And then, like, just the, remember the music when you're doing the character selection? The dun, 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 yeah. The game was super polished first time. I was terrible at the game. I would always use a. Uh, you remember Cinder, the fire guy? Uh yeah, Cinder, Glacius. Mm-hmm. I don't know the names like that. We had the. Uh, it was the Indian the, dude with uh, the hatchets. Chief Th- Chief Thunder. Thunder was his name. Mm-hmm. I think Thunder. Skeletor, I think. Uh, Spinal. Spinal. There we go. Spinal was his and name. And then we had the wolf. Saber. Saber. Damn. Saber wolf. Saber wolf was his name. Saber wolf. Yeah. Uh, full gore. I don't know. How can you forget full gore? Who's full gore? The robot dude. Right. With a ponytail, like, yeah, he's on the for cover. some reason. He has a ponytail, he's on the cover, yeah. Full gore, and we got uh, I think her name is Jade, yes, the girl in green, no, Orchid, Orchid, Orchid. Close, you're very close. You're thinking of more, you're starting to mix Mortal Kombat. Skeletor is from He Man, I think. Huh. Skeletor is a villain from He Man, <laughs> Spinal Ripto, Ripto, oh, Raptor. That's right. What's his name? Rap, was it Rap, Riptar, Riptar, or am I thinking of Reptar? Rugrats, Rugrats, Reptar. <laughs> Riptor, I forget his name. And the boxer. He was uh, like DJ? I think his name was DJ or some CJ, TJ. TJ Combo. TJ Combo was his name. TJ Combo. I remember now. It was Orchid. Jago was like their, their knockoff. Jago, that's right. That was like their knockoff Ryu. Uh-huh. With the, even with the Hadoke kind of thing. He had like, he was like their rare's version of like Ryu. Yeah, but at that time, I think Pillar Instinct was better than Mortal Street Com- Fighter and Street Mortal Fighter. Kombat. I don't know about Mortal Kombat. It was definitely bloodier than street fighter i just remember for the time for it being a super nintendo game like it kind of had like this weird pseudo like somewhere between 2d 3d graphics mm-hmm. where it kind of like rare was really good at that like it was Don- donkey kong country where like they kind of had like the like the background was obviously 2d right but the characters look almost like they were kind of like 2.5 kind of claymation kind of looking yeah that's right it was i don't know that's a very distinct like early super nintendo rare style but 
moving on, because I feel like I talked too much about Killer Instinct, and I'm just stressing the point that that was the first game I ever physically or personally owned. Uh, Killer Instinct, very important for me growing up. The year after, I think 19, so somewhere between 1998 and 1999, I got the N64 for Christmas. Mm-hmm. I think this was the same. No, this was the year after you got your PS1. Because you guys, yours is 97, right? Uh, yes. I want to say, like, this, heading into 1998. I got at the... Towards the tail end of 1998, I got Super uh, Nintendo 64. I got the bomb-ass Toys R Us version, which came with the gold controller. Wait, you got the 64... Obviously, you got the 64 while I had the PS, right? Yes, sir. That's correct. And do you remember the reason why I told you why I went with the N64 instead of the PS1? No. I think I told you this a long time ago. Because I was scared. Resident Evil used to scare me as a kid. So you bought an entirely different console. So, yes! I, I, my dad gave me the option, do you want a PS1 or N64? I was like, I want the N64. Well, I was so down with Resident Evil that I had bought three PS3s. The PS1s, I'm sorry. But not out of necessity. Not because you wanted uh, to. but I'm out saying necess- I wasn't running away from, from a you're console. Running, you're running towards Resident Evil. I didn't know at the time that Resident Evil 2 was on N64. I thought like, oh, Resident Evil only is only on PlayStation. Uh, so if I don't okay. get a PlayStation, I don't have to worry about my parents buying me Resident Evil, a game that terrifies me. So I was like, I want to go with the N64. And then later on, and so I did. I got Super Mario 64 and uh, Diddy Kong Racing. Those were the two games that came with it. Mm-hmm. And I had the cool N64 from Toys R Us because it was the one that came with the gold controller, Johnny, which I still have today. I think you forgot to add 007. Did you play that much? I didn't own 007. Uh, I did play it eventually, but I didn't own it. The I think because you think of GoldenEye, that's why you think because I say gold controller, huh? Yeah. No, yeah, the gold controller was I think was a Toys R Us exclusive for N64. I remember switching from Super Nintendo going to N64. It was like huge. Going just going from 2D to 3D was back then was like a big leap compared to like generations now, where it's kind of like incremental leaps, smaller leaps. Mm-hmm. But going from Super SNES to N64, that was huge at the time. Uh, playing Army Man, games like that. 1999, and the reason why... By the way, we're using the whiteboard, which helps us organize our thoughts. 1999, it, for me, was significant because that's when I finally got Pokemon. Uh, Pokemon Blue version for mm-hmm. the Game Boy. The Game Boy Pocket is what I got. Uh, Pokemon is probably one of the most... Imp- not I'm not sure if important is the right word. Yeah, I guess so. Most important franchises for me, like ever since like growing up as a kid i feel like in the late 90s you could not go anywhere and not see pokemon represented in some function or form whether it was the trading cards the games the cartoon the toys pokemon is probably the actual show yeah the show itself well yeah it's a cartoon i think but pokemon i believe is the biggest best-selling uh ip in, in existence right now i believe i I could be wrong. I think Hello Kitty is right above that. I think it's up there with Hello Kitty. Hello Kitty is either right behind it or right ahead of it. But in terms of just pure merchandise, Pokemon is mm-hmm. up there as one of the, one of, if not the second, highest selling in terms of just pure merchandise. One of the most important IPs of all time. So I didn't get the PS One <laughs> again. Uh, foolish me, Resident Evil Two was on the N sixty four, but luckily I didn't have to worry about that because my parents didn't buy me a lot of N sixty four games. Heading into... So, hmm? when do you... Where are you at? 2001? Yeah, about to head there. When do you kind of begin to transition from PS... From Nintendo to PS? That started with the PS2 for me. Okay. So, yeah, right here. Heading into the PS2. Because I remember the options were... I can get 
No, actually, you know what? I think the GameCube came a year after the PS2. So I didn't even have the option. I remember when the PS2 was new, the bit was like, oh, this plays DVDs if you have DVDs. That's right, yeah. Oh, plus it plays PS1 games if you have PS1 games. So I actually got a PS2, and I was still, and I just started buying PS1 games for my PS2. So I had games like uh, Spyro, Year of the Dragon, a couple other ones, Croc. I don't think many people remember Croc because that game kind of sucks. But I got Crash Bandicoot. It was uh, The Wrath of Cortex, I think, was a PS2 game at the time. So I went with the PS2 because I think it was a... I think Xbox came out around the same time, but no one knew what Xbox was. Mm-hmm. It was untested, and we were kind of just like, eh, that doesn't sound cool. P- PlayStation 2, like, yeah, that sounds dope. So getting the PS2 was... Uh, uh, my I didn't realize at the time, getting the PS2 kind of set me on this path of basically just buying uh, Sony hardware for the rest of my life without knowing at the time. Uh, going into... I really didn't have many games the first year that the PS2 was out. Yeah, well, Gotcha was probably that Vice City, huh? Well, before Vice City, the same year when I turned 12, back in 2002, I got GTA 3, which for a 12-year-old, probably not the most appropriate game, but my uncle Hector got it for me for my birthday. It was a secret, huh? It was, yeah. I believe it was a secret. Yeah, I don't think my parents even knew what it was. Mm -hmm. They just like, oh, okay, his uncle got him a game. Like, yay. But I remember wanting to play GTA 3 because Jeremy had GTA 1 and 2 on PS1. And I remember playing briefly that game with him. And inside of the insert for GTA 2, on the inside, you know how back then the PS1 cases had like advertisements on the inside? Yeah. The little paper inserts. There was an insert for GTA 3. And I remember seeing that. I was like, oh, Jeremy, there's a Grand Theft Auto game that's coming out. It's going to be in 3D. He's like, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. I was like, like oh, I, I want to I play. That sounds awesome. So I ended up getting asking when I turned 12. I asked for my birthday if I could get Grand Theft Auto 3, and I did. Speaking of Grand Theft Auto, I got the, uh, what is it, the Vice City, Los Angeles? Los Santos? No, that's San Andreas. You got the map. San Andreas. I got the whole map. Still got this thing. I think I still have mine somewhere. I've Every game I've bought that has come with a map, I always keep the maps because I think uh, video game maps are one of like the coolest things. I think, I think I learned how to read maps properly from video game maps with the legend and like the little icons and all that stuff. Anyways... Uh, that birthday, I also got Spider-Man, the game based off of the Tobey Maguire movie, Spider-Man, mm-hmm. the Green Goblin and everything. That was a really dope-ass game back then. Uh, people will probably remember from that time, Spider-Man 2. For the longest time, Spider-Man 2 was the best like superhero game on PS2. Uh, later that year, I got Vice City for Christmas. Very instrumental for me as a t- 12 going on to a teenager, because Vice City basically shaped my musical taste. In terms of like... Oh, you got into the 80s. I really learned to love 80s music because of Vice City. 80s music to me is still by far like probably my favorite genre of music. Same. It's just so Mm -hmm. many, you know, you got, uh, was it uh, Billie Jean, Michael Jackson's Billie Jean on there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ario Speedwagon, Iron Maiden. So many like great musical acts and groups from that game. Vice City definitely shaped my uh, musical taste early on growing up. I actually, I don't know if I ever told you this, Johnny, but actually, the very first soundtrack I bought myself, so not the one included with Killer Instinct, but the one that I bought myself with my own money, mm-hmm. was one of the radio stations from Vice City. Rockstar does this weird thing where they actually released all their radio stations in-game as separate CDs in real life. So, did you get just a station? or did you I got get just whole... a station. Huh. I got the V-Rock one, which is the one that had Iron Maiden. So, how do you buy that? Like, you just go to a, a retail store? And... This was... 
I want to say this was back when Tower Records was still around. Oh, Do you so remember you, Tower Records? So, so you were going to like a specialty store? We were at Palm Springs. I remember I remember when it happened now. We were in Palm Springs and there was a Tower Records store. We were at Tower Records store uh-huh. in Palm Springs. And we went in there and my parents went to look for CDs and stuff. And I was browsing around. And I'm like, uh, like I'm, I, at this point, I wasn't really into music. I think I, I had just learned who Linkin Park was. And Linkin Park is like probably my favorite band of all time. But I just started getting into music really. Before this, I really didn't care about music. I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't my like preferred form of media consumption. It was just like whatever, whatever was on the radio. Mm-hmm. But I remember seeing they had the V-Rock CD in one of the bins. And I'm like, oh, like V-Rock from my city. Like, this is dope. Like, oh, I love this station. And I remember looking at the back and just looking at the songs listed like that they had. And I'm like, oh, these are all the songs from the game. Like, oh, this is cool. I can't, yeah, I would like to put this in like the car or my CD player or whatever. So uh, yeah, I actually bought the soundtrack or not the soundtrack, I should say. One of the, I bought the CD soundtrack of one of the radio stations from the game. Kind of weird, but. Anyways, I love... My city is very important to me in terms of, like, overall games. Uh, Moving on to, like, 2004-ish. This is where I discovered that RPGs are my favorite genre of video games. Of course, San Andreas came out that year, 2004, I believe. I got San Andreas, uh, again, for Christmas of that year. I remember you, Johnny, and just you and your brother had it, like, right at launch, I think. You guys had, like, San Andreas pre-ordered, I believe, right? I don't know when we purchased that thing. Um, you guys got it. I remember because Josie told me you guys had pre-ordered it. And he had to walk across the street from his mom's salon to pick it up or something. Like yeah, that. Josie was buying things. I had no idea he had intentions to buy, so I, I don't know what the timeline is. But you still play, but you played the games, though, right? Oh, for sure. I loved it. But anyways, yeah. San Andreas I got for Christmas of 2004. I ended up getting money. Someone gave me... I forgot who... Someone gave me money for Christmas. And it was like 20 bucks. I remember it was 20 bucks. We went to... Target. We went to Target the day, a couple of days after Christmas. I had 20 bucks and I was like, I can buy a game. Like, what can I buy? And so I was browsing by then. I didn't know at the time, but all the greatest hits games for PS2, you know, all, I think, uh, they were doing that back then. They were doing that back then. Okay. Yeah. Even in PS1 era, the ones with the green label said greatest hits. Do you remember those? Uh, no, I don't remember. I thought that was only a PS4 game. No, remember for PS1, they had the black label and then they had the green label greatest hits. Oh, you're right. Those were the games that sold so many copies and ended up getting discounted. Yeah. What did you have to sell? Like 10 I, mil? At least back then, I think it was 10 mil. I don't remember how many copies you had to sell or just ship. Hmm. I don't remember what the qualifier was back then. But I think it was I think it was definitely more than like 5 mil. I'm not sure it was as high as 10. But anyways, at the time, Kingdom Hearts had came out like in 2002, I want to say. So 2004, it was 20 bucks. I was like, I was kind of interested. I had 20 bucks. Uh, this was the age where like I didn't really save or hold on to money. I looked for any reason to spend money, really. Mm-hmm. And so I bought Kingdom Hearts on a whim, uh, like right after Christmas. And I fell in love with that series, still do, even though they've made really dumb decisions in the last few years. Still love that series. Wait, so what version is this? Kingdom Hearts 1. Whoa. Kingdom Hearts 1. That's right. And what are we on now? There's like 10 games later. We barely got Kingdom Hearts 3 last year. There's a lot. There's a lot of sites games. Yeah, it's confusing. I've never been into Kingdom Hearts like that, so I have no idea. I think you at least played it though, right? I played the first one. Yeah. Right, was it? No, was it yeah. seven with the train? That's Final Fantasy, Johnny. That's basic Final Fantasy. You're thinking Final. Fa- I'm talking about Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts is with Disney, the Disney game. Well, the remake that we have now. That's Final Fantasy Seven. 
Wait, Kingdom Hearts. I'm tripping. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you are very tripping. <laughs> oh, because you. Oh, okay, because you see, I yeah, have. You have them all together. Because I have Final Fantasy right behind it. Yeah, that was the same year I played. My, I played my first Final Fantasy game. It was Final Fantasy X. That's with the Roman numeral X for Final Fantasy X. First time I ever played a Final Fantasy game when I was fourteen. Uh, again, just like Kingdom Hearts, instantly fell in love with it. I didn't know that turn-based RPGs were really a thing other than Pokemon. All right, I'm cut off now. I thought Pokemon was like the only game where you took turns fighting. I didn't know Final Fantasy was that. So that was uh, the story, the music, the characters. I fell in love with that whole game, with the whole series, really. All right, Final Fantasy is cool. Kingdom Hearts is pretty whack. I'll pretend you didn't say that. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. We get to... Nothing happened in 2005, so I didn't put anything. 2006, uh, PS3 comes out. I, again, get it for Christmas. How do you know all these dates, dude? Because most of my systems were gifts for Christmas. And I remember I got the PS3 the year it came out, but mm-hmm. for Christmas. And it came out in 2006. Yeah. Uh, everything else is... My memories of games are either based around holidays or around when movies came out. I know that's my weird kind of touchstone for that. That's how it works for me. 2006, I get the PS3 for Christmas. Not a great lineup, I'll tell you that. Not anything really great for it straight out of the box. Spoilers. Uh, PS3 has a very rough first three years or so. <laughs> first, The first two years, at least for PS3, there was like nothing good. I remember people were clowning on the PS3. Like if you didn't have a 360, Xbox 360, then you were like, like you just made a bad mistake when you... That, whole generation it wouldn't be like for years before the ps3 finally became yeah towards the end of the actually good to, towards the end of the life cycle and they really made um they had a win because because of the last of us right i think the last of us was a perfect way of uh showing that uh it's not about how you start it's how you finish <laughs> the last of us is a great example of that but yeah ps3 the first year i remember i had a game called genji days of the blade that was like the that was the game I bought for the PS3. Mm-hmm. Terrible game. Very boring. Uh, I regret Uncharted buying that. As well. Uncharted, I didn't get Uncharted until like about a year after that. And we didn't even know Uncharted was going to be good either at the time. I didn't know it was a good game until I played it like two years later. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. But for the first year or so on PS3, I just played PS2 games, really. All I did was play my PS2 games on there. And nothing really, there was nothing really great for me until about 2008, Johnny. The well, summer? A little bit late, but... A little late for me, yes. In 2008, the summer of 2008, the year right after I finished high school, I finally discover the greatness that is Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, one through... One and... One, two, and three, right? I... So, leading up to the release of Metal Gear Solid 4 that year, uh, Konami released... Re-released... Metal Gear Solid 1 through 3 in a PS2 kind of trilogy combo pack kind of thing. And again, it was something that was like really cheap. I had money to burn. I was curious. And I, growing up, I knew Metal Gear Solid was popular because you and Josie played 2 and 3 religiously. Yeah, from the beginning. Definitely 2, at least. I remember you played 2 religiously. Watching you guys play, I never, under, I didn't understand the story. I didn't understand why there's this vampire guy who keeps coming back. I understand who this chick with a bikini who has a real gun who deflects bullets. Fortune. Yep. Fortune. <laughs> you remember, yeah. I was like, I have no idea what's going on. Why is there an old guy with a revolver? I didn't understand any of it. Now, here was finally a chance for me. Like, okay, let me give this a try. For 20 bucks. I think it was like 20 bucks. I was like, let me try it. So I pick up the I pick up Metal Gear Solid 1 and 2 and 3. I didn't know Metal Gear Solid 1 was only a PS1 game. Mm-hmm. Did not have a memory card for it. 
I had to go to like this hand-me-down like like mom and pops PlayStation uh not PlayStation, I'm sorry, mom and pops like run game store. Bought a memory card for PS1 for like two bucks. Went home, finally started Metal Gear Solid 1. I'm like, man, these graphics have not aged greatly. I'm like, this game for looks one? Yeah, it looks very blocky. Yeah, but you're right. But looking at the whole I gave it I, I wanted to give it an honest shot. I remember getting out of like the water, going to the elevator, and then we get to the elevator, we get that scene with the with the logo comes up for the game, and Snake's like out of the wetsuit, he's in his stealth gear, and you see Metal Gear Solid, and the Hodel was it uh Hodel Kojima I said Hodel Hodel Kojima game, and I was like, huh, like okay, this is cool, and then just from there, High uh, D and Liquid Snake and Gray Fox, and oh my god, I fell in love with that game. I think I beat it that same weekend, and I got it. I beat the first game. Immediately dove into the second game. Uh-huh. Got sidelined by not knowing or not remembering that you don't get to play a snake for the all of the second game. This is a tanker mission in the beginning of your snake, and uh-huh. then you're stuck with Raiden for the rest of the game. Were you disappointed? Or I like... was very disappointed. Right. How did, Do you remember how you felt or no? Yeah, I was upset about it. I think looking back at it now, looking, uh, looking at like... Uh, videos and articles years since then apparently when it originally came out people were pissed as hell yeah i think we all grew to love uh raiden i think raiden was a cool story i didn't like him until four honestly four is when he became really that's when he became cool when he was a cyborg ninja at that point no he was he was really cool when he became a cyborg but i love the story for raiden especially when it's having that conversation between uh colonel is it colonel or Colonel Campbell, yeah. Uh, Colonel Campbell and mm-hmm. his girlfriend, and they're talking about all this existential drama. Oh, no, yeah. When you find out Colonel Campbell was, like, actually not even Colonel Campbell. It was, like, some kind of computer program. He starts, like, freaking glitching out on you. Yeah. And I was, like, so confused. Like, what's going on? Him talking about a purple flap jaw something, and, like, oh, my God. Like, that... Oh, my God. That get Of all the games, 2 is my least favorite. But, anyways, it's just playing... I remember that summer playing 1, 2, and 3. Mm-hmm. I don't, at that point, I don't think I had ever played any series of games with such like a deep, engrossing, like actual like story you actually want to pay attention to. Like before this, most stories and games to me, aside from like Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy, most of the stories were just a vehicle to get you through in terms of like from set piece to set piece, from you know level to level. Yeah. Whereas in Metal Gear Solid, for me, like. I didn't care much about the gameplay. I just wanted to get to the next cutscene. I just wanted to get to the next story beat. Because the story is so... It just envelops and it's just it envelops you and it's so interesting. And I didn't know until that point that games could do this kind of stuff. Playing Metal Gear Solid 4 later on, like around like the fall, when I finally was able to buy the game, I remember completing 4 and just thinking like, like, this is it. Like, this is, like, the Citizen... Like, foolishly, at the time, I thought, like, this is the Citizen Kane of video games. Like, uh-huh. like this is the highest form of storytelling, and every game from here on out is going to suck in comparison. Yeah. Foolishly, I thought that at the time. What are your favorite parts about that? Like Four? Yeah. I think just, like, the big boss reveal at the end. All right. I, the boss battles. Like, I gotta say, fighting using fucking Metal Gear, right? Oh, shoot. I, yeah, you're right. Versus Ray. Going back to the entire first game, uh-huh. and it being like its own level now in the in like in like the modern times, Yeah, where originally Shadow Moses, mm-hmm. Island, all that for the first game, like thinking like, oh, I remember this game, like it took me like eight hours to beat the game. Yeah. And now they managed to 
fit the entire level of that game into like a chapter in four as like a two hour segment was like so cool revisiting. Mind you, it had only been like a couple months since I played the first one in the f- mm-hmm. between between only a couple months I passed between f- one and four. But seeing it like all de- decrepit and abandoned in four, like I felt so nostalgic seeing that. But uh yeah, before this becomes just a podcast about Metal Gear Solid, that was a very one of my favorite summers was playing uh that trilogy. Well, I wasn't done with that. I wanted to say that scene with a uh... Snake and Liquid. At oh, the at end. the very end. Yeah, yeah. When you transition, it's just it's just a brutal hand on hand fight yeah, scene. That CQC fight. And you and the music and the life bar and everything transitions from one. It's to emotional, t- dude. It like, is. When you feel when you're fighting Liquid, you just feel like this guy. If I die now, if Snake dies now, it's totally worth it, right? Did you feel like that? I'm trying to figure out what you mean by Snake. Snake dies now. Yeah, by the hand of Liquid. And oh, like, I, mean, like, I wouldn't be disappointed. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah it would yeah. be poetic. You know, yeah. yeah. If the if the series just ended here, we'd be satisfied. Yeah, I would be. I would be okay with that ending. I'm, I, and in some ways, I'm glad it didn't end there because there would have been some things that were left unanswered. And luckily, in the epilogue after the credits, we get that scene with Big Boss where we get that huge exposition and he explains the Patriots and like, okay, in the graveyard. Yeah, when we finally okay. wrap up all the loose ends, like, okay, yeah, like, wow. That, at that time, that was like that payoff with Liquid and Big Boss is similar to like the payoff of Endgame. Well, it was Ocelot, right? I kept saying Liquid. Liquid Ocelot, technically, yeah. both characters, technically. Mm. Then we find out the truth about that. For me, that ending was kind of like the big ass payoff of watching the 20 something MCU films and then you yeah, get yeah, that right. finish at the end of Endgame where like you could not have that emotional finish without the 20 movies leading up to it, mm-hmm. right? Metal Gear Solid 4 completely relies on you playing all the previous games and it. It rewards you for playing all those in the end. So Metal Gear Solid, GTA, Final Fantasy. These those are like cute. Those are games that I really associate mostly with Sony, and I know they've come out on other systems. But for me, that is the reason why I mostly game. Most of my gaming is on PlayStation for these reasons. For these games. Okay, finally done with Metal Gear Solid. Moving on, we get to two thousand nine. This is like the last. These are this is the last year. Uh, for the, in terms of PS3, where I actually remember what came out. Yeah. Art Resident Evil 5. Resident Evil 5 was the first Resident Evil. Not the first one I played, but the first one that I really, really got into. I remember you guys had RE4 on PS2. For some reason, the gray, the bland kind of colors of that game, the grayness, the browns, that color palette of RE4 really turned me off. I really wasn't into that. Mm-hmm. But playing RE5, especially... RE5 would not be as good for me if it wasn't for its co-op both split screen no, and online of hours on, on that co-op i remember playing it with brian and ruben and uh i think josie too i just remember re- going through the campaign over and over and over with different people just playing it it's just re5 is so much fun especially the mercenaries mode so mm-hmm. much fun uh that same year we get by far in my opinion the best call of duty that is modern warfare 2 i sunk so many hours into modern warfare 2 johnny so many hours into that game. Yeah, every time I went, you were pretty much on that. The online, by far my favorite online of any COD. I I, I I played Call of Duty 4 when it first came out. The one that came out two years before this. I skipped the World War II one for some reason. I don't remember why. But then when I heard Modern Warfare 2, Modern Warfare 2 was coming out, I dove into this. And I just sunk so many hours. It's such a great game. So by far, it's still my favorite Call of Duty. And then we get into this weird spot where like for a couple years... I don't really remember what came out between 2009 and 2013. Well, that's because we were stuck on the PS3 
and there weren't. There wasn't. I mean, there was games. We were still getting games. There was still game. I was Bioshock, uh, Infinite. There was, uh, shoot, like other like Ghost Recon. You know, there was other games coming now, but like nothing that really resonated me with at this point. For some reason, those four years are a complete blur. Actually, you know what? I do remember Skyrim. Skyrim was dope as hell. Skyrim's a f- probably the only game that I bought like five times on different systems. Five times. I have it on really? PS3. I have it on PS4. I have it on PSVR, the VR version, which is separate from the PS4 version. Uh-huh. And I have it on Switch. Mm-hmm. So four times. I bought Skyrim four different times because that's a game that there's always something new to find in that game. Well, before we get to the PS, I see you don't really have like your Vita, your GameCube. The... I didn't have a GameCube. Remember? I had a Wii. I got a Wii. You, you which got a Wii. can play didn't GameCube. didn't get into it, but Smash was a... We've been playing Smash for years, dude. Smash Brothers, the N64 version, and then eventually the Wii version. Smash Brothers was a game. And the reason why I don't have it really on a place on a timeline was because I didn't really play it when it first came out. Smash Brothers is a game that I played for a good part of like over six to seven years. Um, yeah, and that's a, that's a game we consistently picked up. Every yeah, time I went to your house, we'd battle for hours. Smash Brothers is probably one of the few games I would consider timeless. Mm-hmm. Timeless. The original N64 version, and then playing it again on the Wii. Of course, the Wii version is probably a little more fun. But I feel like Smash the N64 version was balanced really well. I feel like many times we played the N64 version, I, I, I feel like sometimes I would get the upper hand, sometimes you would get the upper hand. Yeah, and our, I was a Jigglypuff. No, wait. Kirby. I was Kirby, and you were Pikachu. Pikachu, yeah. Although, eventually, I later switched to Kirby because I found Kirby is actually the better character for me, personally. Mm-hmm. And I love Kirby ever since then. But yeah, we played Smash Brothers somewhere between 2003 up until like 2008, 9 maybe. Constantly, Smash Brothers was something we would always go back to. I think also it helped that it was probably, I had so many controllers for the N64. I think that kind of helped too. Mm. Whereas PS2, PS3 era, there wasn't that many multiplayer split screen games. That's one of the things I, I'm kind of sad about recent, the last yeah, decade or so. Many coach, coach Couch co op has kind of died off. Everything's moved on to online. But I still, I. Given the option, I prefer couch co-op over online play any day. Yeah. It's just... Like you've never had an Xbox, huh? No. I had a 360 for a very short while. Josie gave me his 360 when he got the Elite, the black one. Yeah. But then I got like the Red Ring of Death like a year later. Yeah. <laughs> and so... And because I didn't have the warranty since I wasn't the original owner, I kind of... That's it. I kind of just lucked out. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I think that's another reason why I've always stick with Sony. Uh, they haven't, in terms of hardware, I haven't had any failures. My yeah. PS2 still works and reads discs. My PS3 still works and read, reads discs. And then we get to the very end of the life cycle, Johnny. We finally get to the end of the PS3. And we get a one last hurrah from Naughty Dog. Arguably, easily, my top five game of all time, The Last of Us. Now, this was a game that I didn't actually own on my own till later on. I actually borrowed this from Brian after he beat it. And I remember playing I remember playing the game. I remember within the first hour, I did not expect to be near tears after the first hour, Johnny. Do you remember what happens in the first hour? I don't want to spoil it. Okay, you don't have to spoil it. But it's basically the kind of like the prologue. It's like the beginning, then we have the time jump. Uh-huh. And you know what happens like right before the time jump, right? What kind of shapes Joel's behavior for the rest of the franchise. Yeah, the loss of somebody. Yeah, exactly. And it's weird how in that just one hour or so, you go from not knowing or caring about this character to being like, oh my god. And you get attached so quickly to two characters. 
And what I think it is, I remember I was talking to this, I was talking about this to Brian last week. Brian, by the way, being our cousin Brian. Uh, I was talking to Brian about this last weekend. No, not, no. Talking to my friend Angel, actually. My friend Angel, because he's, he, Last of Us is one of his favorite games too. We are talking about, for some reason, the reason why he gets so attached in a short amount of time is because you do get, you get to see, uh, we'll just spoil it, because he haven't played the game that's been out for almost seven years. Joel's daughter dies, right? Okay, Joel, that's, let's get out of the way. Joel's daughter dies. But the reason why you feel so bad for her is because you do momentarily play as her. You get some exposition about how she buys the watch for Joel, mm-hmm. right? She buys a watch for his birthday or some kind of, I think it's his birthday. Yeah. We kind of get the, through her, we have the exposition about what's going on with the, with the outbreak of the clickers and all that stuff. We do get some semblance of a character, even though it's hastily put together. Yeah. We do get enough for there to be something there for for it to resonate with us. Mm-hmm. So even though we only know her for an hour and she dies off in an hour, it still hits us hard just because we quickly. It's kind of like when people have missing children, yeah. and they when they have police investigate the case, they kind of they try to humanize them. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, here's a picture. You know, she's so happy. Oh, this is her name. They try to make it personal to get the police invested. Yeah, this is exactly what Last of Us does in the first hour. It humanizes his character, and that kind of sets the tone for the rest of the game, where the rest of the series is about loss, loss of innocence, doing things you don't necessarily want to do to survive. Mm-hmm. And just from Naughty Dog in general, The Last of Us, I didn't think after the Uncharted series, like, like this is Naughty Dog at their peak. Like, There's no way they're going to do better than Uncharted. And then we get The Last of Us, like, oh my god, they can yeah, do Last even of better. Us is a lot more grounded, and it's relatable, like, really quick. Agreed, agreed. It's uh, just, what a wonderful way to end... What started off as a miserable generation for PS3, and then we get The Last of Us, like, masterpiece in... Uh, for me, personally, it's easily my top five. I'm not really in a place to say my favorite game of all time. It easily top five of all time for me. Such a great story. But yeah. And now, now we're towards the tail end of the PS4 generation. But for PS4, has been so much going on, like, I'm gonna leave that for a separate day. <laughs> Too much has happened in the last seven years, so I'm just gonna leave it off for another day. We got it's gonna take the podcast a little bit, but it's what six days until the PS5 comes out, right? I'm doing the math in my head. When is the twelfth? Yes, yeah, today's the sixth. Because on the twelfth, yeah, we're less than a week away from the next gen being uh, PS5 arriving. Crazy, huh? It's kind of nuts, dude. Yeah, it's a lot of consoles you've had. Every single the every single one of the PlayStation consoles as I have. Well, except for PS One, I never had a PS One. I played PS One games on the PS Two, but that's it. I did not have a PS One. Oh, okay. I skipped that one. But well, yeah, I've had, I've had every single one of them. I think I've had three PS Ones, two PS Twos, one PS Three, and one PS Four. So I'm definitely gonna stick with this Sony family. I, yeah, I think between the two of us, you're definitely much more uh, invested. Not as invested, I'd say you're much. You, well, you definitely do. You border on near fanboyism, might I say. Fanboyism. Guys, yeah. I wish you could see the collection of games that Andrew has. It's <laughs> like the Library of Alexandria. I'm just this saying, is... you, you, simp, you simp for Sony. You simp for Sony. Well, we're going to have to upload a picture of your games. All right, all right. I have, have you counted the games? I'm sure you've counted For what them. system? For everything, every game I have, have like seventy physical PS4 games. Yeah, but you've had more consoles than that. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I have, I think I have more PS4 games than any other system. But I think PS2 is like right behind it in terms of PS2 games. And your 64 games? 64 games, I only have like 10. Oh, uh, okay. Many. Yeah. I didn't really start buying a lot of games until like the PS2 era. That's when I really got into games as like, this is my preferred like form of entertainment was PS2 mm-hmm. era. Yeah. Between PS2 and PS3 is when I really got into video games in terms of like, let me read all the magazines, Game Informer, uh, you have uh, uh, EGM, uh, Nintendo Power, all that stuff is like right between PS2 and PS3 is when I really started diving through the internet, looking for everything, getting invested in knowing everything about video games. Hmm. But I feel like I have talked way too long, Johnny, and we have barely scratched the surface for you. Well, mine isn't... Your story starts earlier than PlayStation, though. It starts earlier. It's not as extensive as, as yours is. You put a bunch of dates and all these games. Mine is... I'm going to keep mine short. So, how do I start this? Um, I, to be fair, I come from a history background. My, my degree's in history, so I have to have a timeline. I have to organize things by dates. That's how I, that's how I function. But go ahead. Go ahead, Johnny. Well, mine's... I'm going I'm to make mine like, really short. My gaming history started with Jeremy in Santa Monica, starting with the NES. Again, I don't know if you ever said it. Jeremy, again, is our cousin. Is our cousin. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, most of the time, I was playing Snake Ride on Roll and Ninja Turtles. You remember that, right? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So there was that. I had a ton of... I was in elementary school. In elementary school, I had a ton of X-Men cards. You know, all the flashy, glossy ones. Were they, like, for playing, or were they just, like... No, like, they were for playing. They were trading cards. you play with them, and then... So there was actually, like, an actual card game based around them? No, we would just collect them and trade them. Okay, so kind of like how most people treated Pokemon, then. Yeah, I don't... Maybe it was a, a game that we you would actually... That had a system. I'm just saying, was it, like, a card where it just had the art on one side, and on the back you had, like, their bio or something? As far as I remember, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that sounds about right. So... Uh, I took, I had a giant folder and then one day I took it to, to school and I, I don't know what happened, but that thing somehow got stolen. So I wanted to buy more X-Men cards. Uh, and when I went down to the store to buy some, a fresh new batch, I ran into some arcade boxes and in those arcade boxes, I started playing Metal, Metal Slugs and Killer Instinct. And... That's why I said earlier that we have a bunch of things in common, like Killer Instinct. You said you said you had that game as well, right? I had it on Super Nintendo. Yeah, I didn't even know it was an arcade until I saw it way later in my life. I'm like, oh shoot, they also made an arcade version of it. Yeah, so I had plenty of time to play our, our that generation where arcade boxes were popular. I mean the arcade cabinets. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when I finally got into the consoles was, uh, well my well Jeremy had a, a Nintendo right he had the NES and then he had the 64 and I really wanted that 64. Really, I didn't know that. Oh uh, yeah. Oh, I remember the story. Josie chose. Yeah, okay. I'm yeah, right. I really wanted that 64. And what was my, it about N64 that made it like a like the front of the line console? I was just used to it. Just Nintendo That's in general. It. Just Mario was my thing, and okay. I was just used to that. But it was Christmas, and we finally got our gifts. Opened the presents. And then my brother, my little brother, Josie, Joe, he had this giant smile on his face. I looked into the box and I started undoing it and it was a PS1. And I was just devastated. I didn't. You were sad to get the PS1. Yes, I was devastated. I did not want this. I started crying and I was all salty. And then my parents hooked it up for my brother. And then he started playing uh, Crash. I couldn't resist. I was like, man, just give me that shit. 
You're so, like, you don't, you, the least you can do is give me the controller. You're playing right. <laughs> uh, so I took it over and then I, I started playing Crash and I just loved it and I became a PS fan. Just been a PS fan ever since. Well, that's that. Aren't I'm, you glad he got you the PS1? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then he joined Xbox. I don't know why, but he's been an Xbox fan ever since. Well, I remember why, because we talked about this when I got the PS3. And it was because, at the time, Xbox 360 games looked better than PS3 games early on. Ah, uh, so he went, he went with a teraflop. Template. And because his, one of his like, best friends at the time had Gears of War, mm-hmm. and Gears of War is really what turned him on to, like... That's all Xbox. he really played, uh, Gears of War and Halo. Yeah. That's what kind of converted him, I remember. Yeah. That's a sad But I like how you have Metal Slug up here. Shout out to Metal Slug. That's one of my... I, I never was an arcade player. Uh-huh. I think the only games I played in the arcade was Metal Slug and like Marvel vs. Capcom. But definitely Metal Slug growing up. Uh, the cartoonish kind of the cartoony style, but contrasted by how freaking violent and yeah. bloody that game was, was just like mm-hmm. so like off putting to me. But it's, it's, it kind of made it like kind of like charming in a way, where it was like these very cartoony looking characters, and then oh god, like that guy exploded into blood and guts and just. I love I love Metal Slug. I also love the bosses in Metal Slug. I like the vehicles. Yeah. I like these weird big That's ass a unique style, dude. It's it's awesome. it definitely has its own like unique art style and feel to it. That I, I wish SNK, 3DO, rest in peace, 3DO. They're gone now. But I wish SNK, who still owns the license, which um, I think they're making on a, a new one, but they've been rumored to be making one for years, and so I'll believe it when I see it. But Metal Slug needs to make a comeback. We need to come back from Metal Slug. But yeah. go on, Johnny, go on. So I'm going to kind of bring it full circle to to me and Andrew being gamers. We we had a cousin that lived over in Palmdale, right? Somewhere between Palmdale and Phelan, which is like in the high desert, dry area of California. Yeah, so so this place wasn't very developed. And they, I don't know, they had a bunch of land. It's a, it had like a very rural kind of edge of the city farm. Not a farm, but like cabin in the woods feel to a place. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what it was, but they had like a, this, this orchard or they had a bunch of trees, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember the trees. Yeah, so we went to this party and it was daytime. We just got to the house and then eventually... It got dark. And Do you this, remember how old you were? Because I don't remember no, my exact age. I have no age. idea. Damn. But um, it, it started getting dark. I don't know who it was, but there was this kid that came to both of us, and he's like, hey, come over here. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So this little kid starts taking us down these dark whatever trees or away from Away from the main party. Oh, yeah, away, and it, it was just... It was creepy, right? So then we eventually get to... This little, like, shack. It was like a 10 by 10 room. There were a ton of kids in there. Is this how you remember it? Yeah, it was like, I'm not sure. Yeah, shack. Yeah, it was definitely more. It was a little bit bigger than, like, a storage shed. It was really tiny. It was was really tiny. It was kind of like when the duplex where they had, like, the extra house in the back kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like that, but But smaller. But it was, like, really detached from the house. Yeah, it was far. It felt far away. Maybe because I was younger as a kid, but it felt really far away from, like, Mm -hmm. where we were. So we both go in there, and I sit down on the couch, start looking at the TV, and they're on the PlayStation. And the timing is just perfect on this, because... Do you remember if you already had a PS1 at this time, or no? I don't remember if I did or didn't. Okay. So, the timing was perfect, because as I sat down, and I started looking at the screen, it was a zombie. And it was that that exact scene where the zombie... 
on Resident Evil One that zombie is eating the, somebody the up first and it one? just turns around. Yeah. Okay. And it just turns around and look and it looks up to you, up to you and it was a zombie on the cover. Yeah. It it was a rough. If it, it was a rough night trying to walk back to the, to the house <laughs> with, that, with that dark scenery. I have a slightly different memory from that, but from the same scene uh-huh. from that same day. Where I saw I saw the game. I didn't I didn't go inside. I saw it from the window. Mm-hmm. I saw what they were playing, what the kids were playing from the window. And I remember they were. I remember they were on. It looked like the second floor of the mansion, and there was like zombies on either end. It was kind of like an open rectangle area, uh-huh. and down below was the dining area, the dining area that were the dining room area. Okay. And I remember that because I remember seeing play. I remember through the window I could see like a dining table. And they're the second floor. And I just remember all the zombies back then. Back then, they kind of they all looked like the exact same. There's probably like one or two different models for what a zombie looked like. Yeah. They had like the same colored shirt, same colored pants. Mm-hmm. And I just remember seeing the blood and the shooting. And I'm like, oh my god, this looks scary as hell. What is this? And I was like, oh, this is creepy. Mm-hmm. And I remember just that burn into my mind. And then later on, well, we'll get to it later on. But eventually, I'll, I'll say my next part when you get, move on. Go ahead and move on, because then I'll, I'll tell you what happens next. Wait, just tell me. What do you? Well, when eventually when you guys get Resident Evil Two, for the PS One. So we got Resident Evil Two, and eventually then... you got because Re- you oh. got Resident Evil Two because of that game, I imagine, right? I was Resident Evil One. We were watching. I'm not sure why I bought the game. I guess I just remember it, and I bought one. And well, yeah, because I remember when you got Resident Evil Two, and I saw you guys playing it. And I was like, oh no, it's that game. I didn't know at the time it wasn't the same one. So is this when you decided to get the 64? That was when I was given the option. And I was like, no, I want to get away from this. I remember watching you guys play RE2 and just physically feeling ill just from watching you guys play that <laughs> game. Like, it just, I don't know why that game was so traumatic for me as a kid. It's, the giant spiders, the That's dogs, right. yeah, yeah. the liquor specifically. The giant snake. No, there was no giant snake in RE2. Oh, are you talking about the alligator? I'm talking about part one, but it was a giant snake. But yeah, RE2 had the alligator. RE2 was the first one you guys actually owned yourself, though, I think. No, we own part one. Maybe eventually, but I remember when you guys lived with Giovanni, you guys had RE2 only. I remember we owned part one because there was a scene with Giovanni, and I remember the exact hallway. Oh, the dogs jumped out, right? From the window? It was the opposite side of the, the mansion. Okay. Of the, yeah, it was the opposite side of the mansion, and I remember the scene because Giovanni was with playing. The, with the tight corridors, right? Yeah, and yeah. I don't know what was wrong with Giovanni but he was walking into the walls as if he was a zombie mm-hmm. and I made that comment to him but yeah we've brought it full circle and um well this is kind of the reason we're making this podcast because we play so many games that are, are similar and we got a long history of it so we got a ton of memories and, and we just generally like talking about games in general yeah we and do it all like, the time so like, we do it all the time might as well record it might as well have an audience listen to it if anyone's interested in it like I feel like we're just talking for ourselves, but might as well. Hey, who knows? Let's just put it out there and see what happens. All right. You, get, you got RE2. I know you kind of skipped it, but remember when you got the PlayStation, when you brought it over to my house? Mm-hmm. I think it was the same day or the day after. You brought it to my house, and you had Crash in there. You had the demo disc where you're playing a racing game in the desert. Remember that? It was like a racing game. In the desert? Yeah. It was like, it was like Ridge. I think that was Rally. Uh, rally. Racer. It was like some kind of rally game. I think it was Ridge Racer. Maybe. The first Ridge Racer, maybe? Who knows? But well, I remember it was a demo disc, right? You only had, like, the one track? It, yeah, it was that one track, and it had, like, every time it cut to a loading screen, you would play, like, Space Invaders. 
Yeah. I vaguely remember that. And also, I think there was one of the Tekken games. Tekken 1 or 2. Yeah, it's like, I think it was the first one. Because I remember seeing the guy with the little cheetah head, and like, oh, that's King. Like, it's the first time I'd ever seen what King looked like. Yeah, my guy for that was uh, Hihachi. Hihachi and the other, the guy with the, the sword. Yoshimitsu? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't even play Tekken, but I know Yoshimitsu because he's like the only guy in that game with the sword. But yeah, I wasn't really to Tekken. But I remember, I remember that game when it came, you guys had either, you guys either owned the game or you had the demo disc of it. I, I think it was game. a demo, wasn't it? No, because you can only choose like four characters, I think. No, but I had it eventually because I I remember uh, getting the the little short stories of each character. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you guys had the demo first, right? Then I remember mm-hmm. the demo disc because you only choose like three characters. Yeah. But anyways, that was that was uh, one of my memories of you guys having the PS One. Uh, I remember Siphon Filter. Siphon Filter was dope. Yeah, I had a ton of games. It's just. Um... Did you guys have Siphon just Filter? So many. Yeah, we had Siphon Filter. We or was had, that a demo also? Uh, what is it? Battle Arena, that other fighting game, remember? Was that the one where there's like a platform surrounded by waterfalls? Yes. That what is that what the game was called? Battle I, Arena? Yes. I remember the sure. the cover art was like two guys like fighting and it looked like really bad anime art. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Battle Arena? Mm-hmm. I remember that one. It was that we had a Twisted Metal? We had a ton of games. I remember Twisted Metal. I remember that game. You, again, Vigilante was, Eight. I don't remember that one, but I remember the cover art. That's the one with the eight ball, right? Yes, yes. The eight ball, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. I don't remember playing it, but I remember it. Is that all you guys had? I think that's all you guys had. Huh? That is all I can remember. Well, anyways, if you managed to make it this far, first of all, thank you. Again, if this sounds out of place or strange, that's because this is replacing our original episode one, which we were not uh, happy with. I actually feel like doing it this way, the way we did it, flowed way better than the first one we did. Because in the first one, we had, we were using like and um and uh so many times, Johnny, that it was almost distracting. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for sticking with us. Uh, if you listened all the way to the end, thank you. Hopefully you continue to listen to what other stuff we talk about coming out. And Thanks, guys. Goodbye. Does it sound creepy? That works. Goodbye.